I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, April 17th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Peak Pals, you've heard of a four-day work week. Now get ready for a four-day school week. An Ottawa school board plans to pilot a compressed week that would give students more time with their parents, provided, of course, that the parents also work at one of the few companies offering a short week. So Jay, how do you feel about this four-day work week? How do you feel about the four-day school week? I would say the two are independent. If I have a four-day work week, I would demand that the school be in session for five days. Yeah, I think that is actually ideal. It's going to be hard for families, obviously, that don't have a four-day work week, but I am a big believer in kids in school as much as possible. Coming off an almost two-week holiday for my kids at school for Passover, they go to Jewish day school. So I think kids should be in school more, but that might just be the middle-aged me talking. I can imagine how excited or special the kids that get the four-day work week because their parents miraculously work at one of the five companies in Canada that allow for a four-day work week and they're being pulled out of school early and they get a three-day weekend where every other kid is doing the full five-day week. So it's a weird setup for sure. I will say that that where I went to university prior to me getting there, they actually had four days of classes. So you either had a Monday, Friday class or Tuesday, Thursday. Wednesday was like miraculous Wednesday or wonderful Wednesday where there actually was a, a gap midway. It was sort of like a every week there was a reading day. I'm not sure how many university students were taking advantage of it then. And so I think they did away with it. But I don't know, this four-day work week, school week trend is not going away. It's interesting. We talk about it, frankly, a lot on the podcast. Jay, I hate to break it to you, but every university has a four-day school week. I had one. It was Monday to Thursday. I think you just have to pick your classes correctly, but most people just don't pick classes on Monday or Friday. We either had Monday, Wednesday, Friday class or Tuesday, Thursday. So maybe I should have gone to a Canadian university. It would have been uh, would have had way more days off, I guess. Yeah, I just never picked a class on Friday. And so I had a four-day school week. Anyways. Brett, aside from a three-day weekend or a four-day work week, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, War of the Car Dashboard. For our second story, New Vertical Farming Tech. And for our last story, gift for customer service reps. For our first story, your car dashboard is shaping up to be the next front in the fight to own the screens we look at all day, every day. Brett, who is the fight between now? Well, it's General Motors, who's abandoning Apple's CarPlay and Google's Android Auto on many of its new electric vehicles, opting for its own proprietary software for multimedia displays. And this is important because car makers want you to use their software rather than Apple's or Google's so that they can own the entire in-car experience and, yes, charge you for some fancy add-ons that can be delivered remotely. GM thinks they can generate an extra $20 billion in revenue by 2030 from selling features like hands-free lane change capability that drivers can purchase through the company's car software. Yeah, but unlike Apple and Google, most car companies are set up to make like cars. As anyone who's struggled to set up their Bluetooth in a new car can tell you, it's not yet clear they can build software people actually like using. Their efforts to date have been underwhelming. J.D. Power reports that problems with infotainment systems accounted for by far the largest number of complaints about new vehicles last year. The bottom line is this. CarPlay and Android Auto have become essential features for many car buyers, but GM has decided the opportunity to present by owning the full vehicle experience is worth the risk of alienating drivers. For our second story, when you think of a warehouse, you probably think of rusted shipping containers or movie fight scenes, not a bountiful harvest. Vertical farming may change that perception. What's going on with vertical farming, Jay? Well, Up Vertical Farms has launched BC's first hands-free vertical farming operation in which crops are grown in warehouses stacked atop each other using LED light. 
And the practice enables growing acres of produce and warehouses near urban centers all year round. It's doing gangbusters in the Netherlands. Up claims it can grow 350 times more lettuce than traditional farming methods and could put up to 6 million bags of greens on grocery shelves annually. Even as inflation has fallen, food prices continue to climb, posting double-digit inflation for the seventh straight month in February. Rising prices are in part linked to Canada's food supply chain being heavily dependent on imports. Look no further than lettuce, Brett, which Canada sources pretty much exclusively from California and has experienced two price surges in recent months. Yes, but the knock against vertical farming is that the related energy bills are bigger than the Jolly Green Giant, making it economically unsustainable and environmentally unsound. Per a 2021 report, the average vertical farm used 38.8 kilowatt hours of energy per kilogram of produce. For traditional greenhouses, for comparison, the number is only 5.4 kilowatt hours per kilogram. The bottom line, vertical farming promises to shore up the food supply chain by unlocking production capacity, increasing stock, and and stabilizing prices. It could also become attractive as extreme heat events, which already contribute to global food insecurity, increase. Brett, you know what they grow a lot of vertically inside? Cannabis. Cannabis. For our third story, companies are using the Santa Claus method to win over customer service reps, i.e. showering them with practical gifts. So here's how it works. After a customer service experience, customers can choose a reward for the representative who helped them based on their performance, per the Wall Street Journal. For example, men's grooming company Harry's offers a coffee, a long lunch, or a gift card. Home Chef, a meal kit company, even has a goldfish option. So are reps stranding in goldfish? No one is actually getting a new aquatic friend. The Gift options correspond with tiers. Goldfish equals okay, gift cards equals great, and employees who rack up the most high-value digital gifts are eventually rewarded with an actual gift. Typical gifts include sporting event tickets, snacks, and gift cards, meaning they could, I guess in theory, get a fish if they choose to use that gift card at a pet store. And here's why this all matters. Companies are desperately trying to hire and retain customer service reps right now. It's the eighth most in-demand job in Canada for 2023. Unfortunately, the job is less attractive than it was before. Workers in the industry have reported a spike in bad customer behavior since the pandemic. Basically, the pandemic melted our brands. And the bottom line is this. Per Robert Half, 39% of Canadians seeking a new job are doing so in search of better perks and benefits. And I'm not sure if gift cards are quite what they meant. Pig Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. And Brett, the second NHL season begins tonight. The NHL playoffs start tonight. So I will say good luck, Bruins, and I will let you give a shout out to tomorrow's team. Go Leafs, go. This is the year. Well, I feel like if you think that's true and I think it's the year we're going to meet sometime in the next uh, month or so. So have a good one, Brett. 